It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I am your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing, fantastic show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a really fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been thinking about and learning about lately, and I will do this every single week. Any successful person will tell you that the shortest way to get to your goal is to have a coach or a mentor to help you get there. Now, this can take many forms. It could be attending an event in your industry. It can involve hiring a coach to help you with your specific plan. It could even be investing in books written by people who have done what you want to do. I've done these things, and I can tell you that while I still have a lot to learn, I am a lot farther along on my path with the help I've received than I would be without it. All great champions know this. People like Michael Jordan always had a coach. Elite people in every industry have realized that this is the best way to shorten the learning curve. So let me ask you this. What is your plan for shortening the learning curve? Figure out who has gone where you want to go and find a way to learn from them. You will be so glad you did. With all this in mind, I want to introduce my guest. My very special guest this week is Scott Duffy. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Scott Duffy is the founder and CEO of Content.Market. He began his career working for best-selling author and speaker Tony Robbins and went to work for several big media brands like CBS Sportsline, NBC Internet, and FoxSports.com. Next, he founded Smart Charter, which is an online booking tool for private aviation, which was acquired by Richard Branson's Virgin Group. Scott is a keynote speaker who champions entrepreneurship. He's spoken at the New York Stock Exchange and provided commentary in numerous media outlets, including CNBC, Fox News, and CBS Radio. He's also the best-selling author of the book, Launch, The Critical 90 Days from Idea to Market. This is a blueprint for entrepreneurs to launch and grow successful companies, and he's also a contributor to Inc.com. Scott currently lives in Southern California with his wife and two children. We will discuss many of these topics and so much more on today's show. And with that in mind, here is my very, very special guest, Scott Duffy. How are you today, Scott? I'm awesome. It's great to be here. You know I'm a big fan. Oh, well, thank you. I so, so totally appreciate that. We've been wanting to do this for a while, and our schedules haven't really quite matched up. And so this is the magic day that we finally get together to do this, and so I'm very happy. So let me ask. Here's the question I ask everyone to start the show. Tell us about your background, your backstory, how you started, what you overcame, what you learned. How did you get from where you were to where you are now? Oh my goodness, there's so much there. Um, right. Well, I, I'd say this. You know, I, I grew up in Southern California, and I went to school down in San Diego at the University of San Diego. And I was one of those guys. I like just loved the co- whole college thing. I, I started my first business when I was a freshman. I had like 15 employees my freshman year. Um, I played sports. Like I did all that stuff, and I really was having the time of my life until everything just changed for me in a heartbeat. You see. When I went to school down in San Diego, we had this tradition 
where at the end of like our, our midterm exams each semester, all the kids, we, we'd like hop into our cars and we'd head south of the border down to Mexico, down to this little campsite called Rubens and, and just like party our butts off for like three or four days. And I remember in my junior year, I just happened to get done with my exams early, and I, I kind of I got out quick, and and I went down to Mexico. And maybe maybe like you can picture this if you've been down to Mexico yourself, where you know you've got these roads, and there's like one lane in each direction, right? And then there's just there's like desert as far as you can see, totally surreal, kind of like a movie. And then for some reason, at some point points these roads they like rise, and there's a drop, and then just desert. So we're heading down one of these roads. I'm in the car with three others, and and we're going like 90 miles an hour. And a garbage truck had gone off the side of the road during one of those like one of those inclines and he didn't see us and we didn't see him and he just jumped right onto the road and like smack. We hit this guy square on going like 90 miles an hour. And the question is this, like how many times in our lives, maybe as business people, we've been going down a road. You're having the time of your life. You're doing everything right. Maybe in business you've you've like written the perfect plan, you've hired the perfect team, you're like executing flawlessly. And then something comes out of nowhere and it's like bam, it just knocks you off course. And every single thing that you've done up to that point, like every call that you made, every email that you sent, every single thing you did, you had to throw it out and you had to start over. Yeah. Well, that's what happened to me. You see, I thought that that was the worst day of my life, that that accident was the worst. But getting better, that may have been even tougher. You see, when we hit this car, I mean, we were literally left there in the middle of the road, in the desert, bleeding in pain. I've, I've got two brain hemorrhages. Oh my God. And, and by the time we get you know, to, to healing, healing was much tougher because you know, all I could really do is I could just like lay in bed. And, and I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't read because all that stuff made me sick. But one day – it's funny how things happen. One day, one of my roommates came in, and he gave me a cassette tape. And he said, you know, my dad thinks that you should start to listen to this. And so I did. It was a motivational book on tape. And I got totally hooked. And that's what I did like every day, all day as I I was listening to these motivational tapes. And at the time, it was guys like Tony Robbins, uh, Dennis Waitley, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, Les Brown. And these guys, you know, for some – I don't know what it was. I mean like sometimes I think the volume was so low because my head hurt. I could barely hear it, but it like sunk in. And when I got better, I got stronger, I like made a commitment to myself that I'd go back to school. I dropped out. I'd go back to school, and I'd work for one of these guys as an intern. And the first person I applied to intern for was Tony Robbins. And instead of offering me an internship, they offered me this great job. And so I didn't go back to school. And and I remember a couple years later, I was sitting down with Tony having lunch with our team, and I told him the story. I said, you know, you probably don't know how I got here, but, you know, I was like loving school and I had like, it was like the worst day of my life. And I said, but for, like, that led me to you. And I said, through this experience that I've had, as a result, I've met all these incredible people and, and you've really helped, like, to give me this whole new sense of what's possible. And he stopped me and he said this. He said, you know, Scott, he said, I really want you to remember this in your life. We have good days and we have bad days, but we don't know which is which until sometime way down the line. Because you don't know what you'll make of the experience. And in my life, I found that to be so true. Yeah. Wow. That is that is incredible. And I know that you talk about that in your book too. But yeah, that's 
that's so amazing. I mean, you, it's what you make of it because you, you don't know. You don't know whether something is going to actually become a good experience or a bad experience. And I, I love how you shared that uh, even, even something that looks like a really bad situation can turn into something very, very good. And I've had a number of guests who have shared the same sentiment. So there's a common theme going on here, which I really, really appreciate. So how did you discover your purpose, what you were meant to do with your life? Because you're on a pretty good path. Boy, you know, that, I think that's like the billion-dollar question. It's like how do we f- find our purpose? And I think yeah. that for a lot of us, finding our purpose is – like our purpose changes at different times of our, of our lives and like as we grow as people. I can tell you my purpose when I was a young guy it was all about one thing. My purpose was all about making a certain amount of money. That's really all I cared about. And so I worked as long as I could, as hard as I could, and did whatever I could in in order to hit that number. And I'll tell you what. I hit the number. My goal was to hit it by 30. I hit it when I was 28. And you know what? I went home that day, and I was depressed, and I couldn't get out of bed for two weeks. And it sounds so ridiculous to me when I say that, and it comes out of my mouth. But it, it's it's really the truth because what I had done is built a life around this one thing, and when I looked around, I had nothing to like. I had nobody to share it with. Like I had, it, it was just it was the strangest experience. And then I think what really was profound for me was having kids because when I had kids, like a whole new purpose came into my life and I wanted to be a better person. I wanted to do like better things for like I and it really became all about them. And so I, I think the question, how do you find your purpose? You know, I think that if we get too caught up in finding one purpose that lasts us our, our entire life, I think that can be kind of debilitating. I think we have to give our flex ourselves the flexibility to let whatever our, our purpose is change and evolve as we change and the circumstances in our lives change and evolve. Yeah, that is that's really interesting. I, I appreciate that you said that because I mean sometimes, for example, when I write down goals, uh, if I hit the goal, that's great. If I don't. I sometimes realize, you know, maybe that wasn't really truly a, a goal that really grabbed my attention to start with. I don't think of it as I failed to reach this goal. I sometimes think of it as maybe this wasn't really something I wanted anyway, which is maybe why uh, on some occasions uh, I fell short or maybe didn't try as hard on some days. It just wasn't grabbing my attention. And so the idea was to find something that did grab my attention and just redirect my path, not necessarily do a 180, but, you know, just kind of like when you're flying an air plane, you just have to course correct along the way. You have to. I mean, it's not a straight line. It's never a straight line. It, it's it's not. And we change. It's like during that time when I was really young, like my goal was like I thought the coolest thing and what I was working for is like I wanted that American – you know that American Express black card thing? Like I wanted that in my wallet. I thought that would be the coolest thing. Let me just tell you something. I think the coolest thing you could have in your wallet is what I have today, which is a Disney annual pass. Oh. <laughs> and it's like it's totally different, right? But the the whole thing is my life changed and my priorities changed. And, and, and so, again, it's all about having that flexibility. I think that's important. 
Yeah, absolutely. We've got a minute to our first break. This is going so fast. I, I love it. My very special guest this week is Scott Duffy. We will be talking about his book for the rest of the hour. His book is called Launch, The Critical 90 Days from Idea to Market. So if you've ever thought about launching your business or if you are in the middle of launching your business or you ever have launched a business, this is going to be extremely, extremely important and informative because there are things along the way that can derail us like we have talked about already so far. And we're going to talk about some of the issues that do come up when we need to get a business going. We'll talk about, gosh, just, just a lot of great things. Uh, what is difficult about starting a business, what goes into a successful launch, su- uh, mistakes that people make. Uh, we will go through all of this and so much more when we come back from our break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be right back. Don't go away. This is Success Profiles Radio. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Did you know you can quickly grow your business online and offline for free? SmartGuy.com is one of the fastest growing business networks in the world. Managing over 600 city business networks from Los Angeles, California to the country of Bahrain. In just a minute or two, you can add your business and be quickly listed in their global business directory, local business networks, and get a free web page that can actually rank on top of major search engines in as little as one to two weeks. No kidding. Simply go to www.smartguy.com. Fill out your company information and you're set. So add your business for free and find out why everyone loves a smart guy. Smartguy.com. This is the TokiNet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Scott Duffy. And before we continue, you can find me on Twitter, at Mr. Brian K. Wright. You can find me on Facebook. I have a business page called Success Profiles Radio. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can also download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio for free. And just go ahead and find Success Profiles Radio. You can uh, like 
uh, subscribe and and uh, listen to the show. You can also leave a review. I would really appreciate that as well. I also have a book writing coaching program. So if you've ever thought about writing a nonfiction book, I would be very glad to have uh, a discovery session with you to find out if uh, we're a good fit and maybe flesh out some ideas about what you want to write about and discuss the possibility of me helping you. And I can tell you all about how I can make that happen. I also do want to throw a very special shout out to my sponsor this week, uh, you can go to healingfrequencyproducts.com and look at their sleep band. You just heard a message about it just a little bit ago, healingfrequencyproducts.com. If you are ever having a problem sleeping, this is something that can help you solve that. So go to that site, look it up, and, and go ahead and buy that. It's, it's great. So you'll see a video on the, on the homepage, tells you a little bit about it, and you can scroll down a little bit, and you can order and purchase it there, healingfrequencyproducts.com. So Scott, let's talk about your book, Launch, The Critical 90 Days from Idea to Market. How did this book come about? Well, I was really fortunate to be on the ground floor of, of a handful of really great companies um, and help launch you know these companies that in many cases became big brands like you know what today is CBSSports.com and NBC Internet and FoxSports.com and and the last business that I launched. You know, it was like Expedia for private jets, and we sold it to Virgin and stuff like that. And basically, I just wanted to share what I had learned working around all these amazing entrepreneurs about how to really take your idea and and get it to market and and build a successful business. And and, and so that's what I did is I just pulled from all the lessons that I'd learned along the way. Yeah, that's really awesome. Did you self-publish this? Did you have a publishing deal? How did that happen? No, it's it's publi- published by uh, Random House uh, uh, Penguin Publishing, and uh, and uh, yeah, we're just we're having a great time with it. That's fantastic, and I know that we've mentioned a little bit uh, that you worked with Tony Robbins and with Richard Branson. You're one of the few people in the world who can make that claim. So, wh- what was that like? How are they the same? How are they different? I'm sure both of them have their own certain level of intensity about them. You know, it's it's an interesting question. Um, I think that. The number one thing that stands out about both of them is this incredible sense of possibility that each one of them has. And, you know, it reminds me, if you don't mind me sharing, it reminds me of a story about Richard. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, when when I was working with Richard, um, I was invited to his home on Necker Island um, with a handful of of other Virgin CEOs. And, you know, I remember I was so excited to like be a part of this trip. And, and the first night that we were there, when it was time for dinner, we were all asked to head down to the beach and to get in these little boats because we learned that Richard didn't only own the island that I was staying on called Necker, but he had just bought the island right next door called Mosquito because – you know, I guess if you're going to own one island, you might as well own the one next door, right? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, so we head out in these boats towards Mosquito, and I remember, gosh, it was it was like pitch dark at night, and there's like literally nothing on that little lump of land. And and as we approached it, we kind of go around this one bend. There's this little tiny thin strip of beach with these tiki torches that he had set up. And this like amazing barbecue. It was totally surreal. And I remember getting out of the boat, grabbing my plate. And looking for a place to sit. And there was Richard sitting on the ground. And so I walk over and I sit down next to him. He's on the phone. And he appeared like he was negotiating something. He was was like totally passionate. And it seemed like everyone else there knew what he was trying to buy except for me. So when he got off the phone, I asked. I said, you know, Richard, what is it you're trying to buy? And he said this, the rainforest. And I'm like, the rainforest, which one? And he said, the Amazon rainforest. 
Wow. Again, because I guess if you're going to buy a rainforest, you should probably buy the biggest one, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and so I remember saying what I guess I thought everyone else was thinking, but it was like it was like a cartoon word. Like the words were coming out of my mouth, and I was like trying to pull them in. I looked at him, and I go, that's impossible. And by the way, the original question was like, what's it like a uh, Tony Robbins or Richard Branson? Never tell these people that anything is impossible. Right. Because Richard looked at me and he said, you want to learn how to buy a rainforest? I'll teach you how to do it. And that's what he did. You know, the place that you got to start with is your why. You know, and we all knew what Richard's why was. Richard wanted to stop the deforestation in the area and taking out indigenous animals. So we knew why we were doing this. So the first question he has is how? How are we going to do it? And he says, if that's our why, he said, do we actually need to purchase the rainforest or could we lease it? Now, for me, that was like a huge shift in thinking. Yeah. And then he looked at me and he said, you know, I'm a really good salesman. He said, if I got in the room with a willing seller, do you think I could negotiate a deal? And I said, I sure do. I bet on you. He said, great. So here's the final question. How are we going to pay for it? And I remember all of the people sitting around us like started to like name people that were billionaires that Richard knew that might have the same why and be attracted to the cause. And then Richard said, no, no, no. What if it didn't matter if you gave a dime or a dollar, like effectively crowdsourcing buying the rainforest? Wow. And I remember – here's the thing. I remember that in five minutes, buying the rainforest seemed easier than eating my bowl of soup. And what I learned in that moment was this, is that you know it doesn't matter how big the idea. If you have the right mindset and the right people and the right resources around you, you can achieve virtually anything that you dream. Yeah, that is amazing. I, I love that story. And, of course, it comes down to asking the right questions. I know Tony Robbins is all about that, the power of asking better questions to get better answers for yourself. And Richard's like that, too. Uh, so how has asking better questions helped you in your career? Well, I, I think that as an entrepreneur, and, and whether I've been an entrepreneur working on my own deals or I've been in an entrepreneur, so working inside of a big company um, doing kind of entrepreneurial things, you know, your life is a roller coaster, right? It's the absolute, it's, it's, it's kind of like this. It's like you wake up in the morning and, and you look at the phone, your, your cell, your, your cell phone, and you look at your emails and like the big deal came through. And then you're all psyched. And then like an hour later, it fell out. And then an hour later, you get the big hire. And then an hour later, your best person goes to your biggest competitor. And so your day is like filled with all these ups and downs. And so the question is, how do you manage yourself emotionally through that roller coaster? Because that's really the key. I mean, if you take a look at the defining principle of the people that are the most successful over time, they have this incredible ability to basically smooth out those edges. And and so asking a better question, you know, I, I think that our brain is like Google. And whatever question we ask, it's going to give us back 10,000 results. And so the quality of the questions that we ask our Google is going to determine the quality of the answers we get back. If you ask questions like, why does this always happen to me? You'll come up with 10,000 reasons why. If you ask a better question, what it's going to do is the answers will make you feel better. And making you feel better will help you to behave better. And helping to behave better will help you to be better at whatever it is that you're doing. So I I agree. I can't – I can't – over, I mean, I can't underemphasize the importance of asking the right questions. Absolutely. So let me ask you a really good question. What do you think is the most difficult thing about starting a business? Oh my goodness. Um, 
there's so many things. I mean, yeah, I'll answer it this way. I, sure. I think that um, I think starting a business um, is is a lot like juggling. Right. As an entrepreneur, you're juggling a whole bunch of balls. Right. And I think that um, from time to time, you're going to drop one. But here's the thing. Some balls, when they fall, like say, you know, your business falls a little bit or let's say some hobbies fall or some whatever falls. They're like rubber balls and they bounce right back once you reapply yourself. I think some balls, they're like glass balls. And if you drop them, if you drop something like your health. Hard enough for a long enough period of time, you can never get it back. Right. And so I think that one of the tricks to being an entrepreneur is you have to learn which balls bounce and which balls are going to shatter. So you prioritize things in your life as you get ready for your launch. Because if there's anything that I've learned, it's that 80% of what makes a person successful launching a growing successful company has absolutely nothing to do with business. It has nothing to do with building the right team or building the right plan or any of that stuff. We can teach all that. The most important stuff has to do with managing yourself and managing some of the personal things around you. Because if you don't take care of those things, those problems will bleed into your business and throw everything sideways. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that you said that too, because um, speaking of taking care of yourself, uh, you had a chance to ask a couple of key people in Richard Branson's companies what their most important part of their business was. And interestingly enough, they both had the same answer. What was it? Exercise. Yeah, that was that was an incredible experience. It was, you know, I think it was it was either, I think it was the trip where um, Richard was talking about the rainforest. Um, we were on our way home, and I remember it was it was a time where the economy was really tough, and airlines were under a lot of pressure, and we were, we were leaving. Uh, we, were, we were we were just about to hop on our on our airplanes, and and I, I said goodbye to Steve Ridgway, who was the CEO of Virgin Atlantic at the time, and I said to Steve, I said, with everything going on, I said, what is like, what's the teach me, what is the number one thing, my number one job of like an entrepreneur, and. He looked at me and he said, exercise. And I said, I'm surprised you say that. And he said, I'm surprised you're surprised. Yeah. And then uh, a couple hours later, I was on a plane with David Cush, who's the CEO of Virgin America. And we were sitting next to each other. And I said, hey, I, I was just talking to David. And I said, I asked him this question. I said, what's the most important part of your job? And he looked at me and he said, exercise. And I'm like, two really successful guys, really successful companies, no time to talk to each other about this. But what they realize is that you know business is tough, and it can have a toll over time on you. And, and you've got to have a way to let off steam, right, to let your body like rest and like yes. let all that stuff out. And, and, and you know when times are tough, you've got to be the toughest person in the room. And if you're not taking care of yourself, it's absolutely impossible for you to be the best version of you. And do what you need to do during those difficult times. So you got to take time out to take care of yourself. Yeah, that is so important. And when I read that in the book, uh, that surprised me. And actually, you posted on Facebook about that very thing. Uh, I can't remember if it was yesterday or today, but I was thinking, I just read that. I just read that in the book. <laughs> and uh, yeah, making making time to exercise is so absolutely important. I love that. And I love the fact that a lot of uh, the higher-end hotels have fitness centers because they understand that too. You have to be sharp mentally and physically to do what you need to do. We are coming right up against our break. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Scott Duffy. His book is called Launch, The Critical 90 Days from Idea to Market. We will be right back after the break. Please stay with us. 
mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Energy Saving Solutions' innovative double green plan enables you to switch to energy-efficient LEDs and other modern lighting with no upfront cost. Modern LEDs are far more efficient than other types of lighting, but for many businesses, schools, and nonprofit organizations, the reason for sticking with the old inefficient lighting is the cost of replacing them. While an old-fashioned incandescent bulb may cost a dollar, LED costs $30 or more, and that's why Energy Saving Solutions has designed our double green plan. Double green allows you to convert to LEDs with no out-of-pocket cost. We'll pay for your new lights, and you'll pay us back with a percentage of your savings. From the very first day that your new LEDs are lighting your life, you'll realize a positive cash flow, and you'll be doing something positive for our environment. For a free cost and energy savings analysis, call Joshua May at 888-620-8133, extension 7082, or visit us online at www.energysavingindustry.com. for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Scott Duffy. And once again, if you uh, want to check out my sponsor, you can go to the, the site HealingFrequencyProducts.com. If you're having problems sleeping at night, check out that site. Go ahead and order a sleep band. It's, it's fantastic. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. And if you want to call in and ask a question of, of my guest, Scott Duffy, that number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. So, Scott, let me ask you, what does go into a successful launch and what are some common mistakes that new entrepreneurs make when trying to start out their new venture? Well, I think that the biggest mistake entrepreneurs make is they try and focus on doing too many things at once. And I call this hammers and nails syndrome. And, and here, here, here's what I mean. So let's say I gave you one hammer and one nail. And your job is simple. All, all you have to do is take that, that hammer and you have to bring it back and you have to strike that nail. Like really dri- like drive it into a piece of wood. Like really nail that one new business or product or service. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Well, the odds are you may miss the first time. You may miss the second. But eventually I'm going to bet that you're going to nail it. Now, let's say I give you two hammers and two nails. You got a problem. Right? Yeah. Who's going to hold the nails? Right. And, and let's say you find somebody crazy enough to do it. You have to bring both hands back at the same time, and you've got to strike at the same time. And the odds are you're going to miss the first, the second, the third time. You may never get it right. Now, let's say I give you 10 hammers and 10 nails. You get the point. 
Yeah. You see, that's the way that most entrepreneurs try and launch their business, by doing too many things at once. Right. And so what I suggest is this. Instead of focusing on everything, let's focus on one thing. And it doesn't have to be the hardest thing. Let it be the simplest. And build from there what I call the minimum viable product, the most basic version of what it is that you want to put out to the marketplace. And instead of trying to make it perfect, what I do is I say get it out there as quickly as you can. 85% of the way there is more than enough. Get it out there. Get people using it. Get their feedback. Use that to improve your product and then relaunch. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So speaking specifically about the book, you organize this into three different parts. Uh, Section one is 30 days to prepare. Section two is 30 days to assemble resources. And the last part is 30 days to business. So we're talking about a 90-day launch sequence. Do you find that people try and do these things out of order I do. I, I think it's so important that you build your, your company using a specific syntax. I mean, I'll, I'll just I'll give you an example. Like like you know, let's say that you know as you're building your company, you start with you. You start with the team, right? You and the team. You you add on top of that. Let's say you layer you know your 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 product or, or your technology, the basic technology that's going to drive your business. On top of that. You've got your product or service. On top of that, you have your distribution and your partners. On top of that, you have your sales and marketing, and so on and so on and so on. You know, if you go out there and you try and sell something before you're ready, before the product is ready, at the very beginning, you're out of syntax. Like the whole thing will collapse. And and and, and what happens is people tend to do things out of order, and it creates all kinds of problems um, within their business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Once again, the name of the book is Launch, The Critical 90 Days from Idea to Market. You can find it on Amazon. Absolutely. You can find it there. So yeah, doing things in the correct order, you have to prepare, you have to assemble your resources and then find a way to do business. Now, many people believe the most important person in any company is the person who brings in the business. And it would make sense to assume that. But you say the person who's the most important is actually someone else. Tell us who that is. Well, okay. So let, let me share a story um, sure. to answer. So, so I, I had an opportunity to to work on an event with somebody who I just look up to with with the guy named Howard Schultz. Yes, you know, Howard Schultz, who is the the chairman and CEO of Starbucks. And by the way, I'm like I'm the biggest fan, and I, I'm a I, I get coffee at Starbucks every day. And I, you know, I as an entrepreneur, probably all of us, you know, have had some of our meetings at a Starbucks, sure. right? So I was so excited to meet him, and and I. I remember um, the night that I did, he, he spoke to a room of, say, 400 entrepreneurs, and, and and when he was finished with this talk, though, I was like, I was like totally disappointed. And the reason was Howard's out promoting something, and you know I understand he's a CEO of a big company and stuff like that, but the entire thing sounded like a corporate pitch, and I didn't feel like I could relate. And and at the end of the session, he did this like Q and A. And one of my friends was the last person to be able to ask a question. And he walked up to the mic and he said this. He said, said, you know, Mr. Schultz, he said, I I love you. I love your stories. I respect you. I drink your coffee. He said, but if there's one thing I've learned tonight, it's this. I am nothing like you. And he said, the reason I'm nothing like you is because when you're up on stage tonight and you're talking about having problems in your business, you had a billion dollars in your pocket. He said, when everybody else in this audience, when we have problems, we're trying to figure out how to make payroll and feed our families in the same week. So he said, look, he said, I love you. I respect you. I know I'm nothing like you. And that's it. He just turned around. Like, didn't even ask a question. That took some guts. And and it did. 
It did. And in that moment, I remember I became Howard Schultz's biggest fan on this planet because he stood up and he walked across the stage and he looked at my buddy and he said, I am exactly like you. He said, let me tell you a story. He said, you know, when I was a young guy getting started, you know, I was a salesman. And I used to sell like coffee machines, coffee parts and stuff like that. And I was on a sales call. I went into Seattle and he said – and I called on a company, a store named Starbucks. And he said, I really liked the guys and I fell in love with what they were doing and eventually I asked him for a job and he became their marketing guy. And you know, he had a big idea and his big idea was basically to move the espresso machine from behind the counter to the front of the counter or something like that. And, and, and they liked it so much, they fired him. And wow. he was he was so like upset and he was so frustrated and he was so whatever, he decided that he was gonna go head to head and compete. So he went out there and he found another coffee brand that he could license and he was gonna take this to market. So he's working on living his dream, and one day he gets a call from his father in law. And his father in law says, Howard, he says, you know, I think it's time we had a talk. He said, You know, I love you and I respect you. He said but look, he said, my daughter, your wife, she's like seven, eight months pregnant. And she's the only person that's brought in a paycheck for like 18 months. And he said, so Howard, he said, like totally respectfully, maybe it's time that you like put this dream on pause and go get a job. Wow. So Howard decided to go home. He brings his keys, tells his wife the story and says, I'm going to close up tomorrow. And I'm going to go find work. And that's when she gave what I call the Adrian's. It's like a Rocky speech. Like Adrian used to give to Rocky yes. before the big fight when he had doubts. And she looks at him and she says, look, she says, this isn't just your dream. It's our dream. This isn't just your vision. It's our vision. If it, if it takes us staying up all night, we're going to figure this out. And that's what they did. And what I learned in that moment is this, that the most important person in every company is not us, right? The most important person in every company is the person we come home to as entrepreneurs, yeah. right? It's our spouse. It's our significant other. It's our family. It's our friends, whoever, right? These are people that have the most important part, job in the company. Like They're there to support us. They're there to get behind us. Many times they're just as financially at risk as we are. Right, yeah. but what do we do? We come home and we vent. So they like they got like the most important job in the company, but it's a lousy job. Yeah, and I don't call these people the CEO for like chief executive officer. I call them the CVO. They're like our chief venting officers. That's awesome. right. Because at the end of the day, we get home and we just let it all off our chest. And so at eleven o'clock at night, when we're laying in bed and we get it all out, we feel great. And we sleep like babies. Unfortunately, our CBOs, they're up with one eye open all night, just worried about us and yeah. what's going to happen next. And so what I've learned is this real quick, three things, three things that you got to do with your CBO to make sure you're on the same page. Number one is you've got to be on the same page with regard to how much time and how much capital you're willing to risk at each stage of this venture. I've learned I'd rather risk less and be on the same page as this person than risk too much and have that person resentful or always nervous and upset. 
Yes. Number two, communication strategy. Some people like to – they want the blow to blow. Like they want to know everything about the business. For some people, that's way too much. That's way too much up and down. So you've got to learn how much to give that person and when to give it to them also. And then finally, a lesson that my wife Rachel taught me is this. The way that you spell love with an entrepreneur is T-I-M-E. And what that means is you're going to be unbalanced. You're not going to have a lot of free time. But when you do have time, you've got to be present and you've got to give it to those people you love. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and when you have that level of support at home, it's really, really awesome. I uh, have friends who are entrepreneurs. Some of them have a very supportive, significant other, and, and sometimes that has not been the case. So a lot of new business owners who do need that support, who don't find that level of support at home, how do you navigate through that? Because that can be a very complicated thing. In my experience, when you're getting started, if you're not on the same page um, and you don't have that support at home, um, I always recommend not starting that thing, whatever it is. I I think that the circumstance is just too difficult. Or what sometimes is optimal is this. It's just scaling down the, the, the vision at the time. Maybe the vision can stay the same, but where you start. Is, is a little bit is scaled back and, and, and just working kind of in smaller chunks to build the idea from the ground up. So there's not as much time and there's not as much money at risk. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great answer. Um, I, I really, really do appreciate that very much. We've got less than two minutes to our, to our next break. So let me ask, what's the difference between working on your business and working in your business? Well, I think it's important um, is, you know, as, as an entrepreneur C- CEO, we got to do everything, right? That's part of our job is we got to have our hands in on everything. Um, ideally, though, what we're able to do over time is start to delegate some of our responsibilities, first would come administrative tasks and things like that, so that we can step back and we can open up some space in order to be strategic. And as opposed to just being focused on getting the mail out and getting the email out, really focused on how are we going to create strategy and execute that strategy over time so that we can we can achieve our goal that's awesome i love that very much and we are less than a minute to our final break i cannot believe how quickly this is going if you do want to call us uh, it's 866-404-6519 and in the final segment we're going to talk about the question that's probably on everyone's mind how do you fund your business how do you fund your passion how can you raise capital how to know whether it's better to get a loan or give up equity in your company we've all seen shark tank on tv uh we'll talk about some of these issues and we'll also talk about the importance of having an exit strategy because a lot of people forget to do that part. So we will come back and discuss all of these things right after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please don't go away. Please stay with us. To motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the sleep band. 
The sleep band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the sleep band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your sleep band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Solave, we think a person's voice is the most powerful form of marketing, so that's what we want to invest in. While other companies spend billions on traditional marketing, we reward you for sharing Solave with your connections. We began with a simple idea. A single relationship has the power to make life better for many people. We took this idea and turned it into a company that can make commerce less expensive and even profitable for everyone. We started with mobile phone service because it's something all of us already use, and it's the technology connecting us every day. We put you in charge of what you pay for mobile service. And simply making the switch to Solave is the first step to spending less. $49 a month for unlimited voice, text, and data. But it gets even better. You can earn money just for sharing Solave with others. As your network of connections grows, both through your actions and the actions of each person who joins because of you, you can quickly be paying nothing for your mobile service and even make a profit every month. Visit us online at www.social-commerce-now.com to learn more and join the Solave revolution. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Scott Duffy. He's the author of the book, Launch, The Critical 90 Days from Idea to Market. And I know you can get that on Amazon. And Scott, can we get that on your website? How would you like for us to order this book if we wanted to read it? It's fantastic, by the way. Sure. Um, why don't you go to uh, scottduffy.com, S-C-O-T-T-D-U-F-F-Y.com, and you can find everything you need right there. Fantastic. So let's talk about the topic that's probably on everyone's mind, funding the business. I mean, you have to raise capital. You have to make sure you have enough. And I would imagine that when people do their business out of order, they launch before they really have enough resources to do it with. So how can we raise capital for our business? What skill set is involved? I know that this can be uh, a very, very big deal and a long drawn out deal. Well, the biggest mistake entrepreneurs make um, when it comes to raising capital and like starting something up is they wait. They wait too long because they think that they need to have everything in place, all of the resources, all of the capital, all the everything to get started. And, and I'll tell you, if there's anything that I've learned from you know being around a lot of amazing entrepreneurs, it's this: it's that none of them wait. Everyone jumps in, and they and the reason is this: is they know the difference between having resources and being resourceful. What they've learned how to do is to identify the things that they're going to need in the next step and then line things up each and every step of the way. And the way that, that almost everyone starts out is by doing this. It's, it's by bootstrapping. And what does that mean? It means identifying all the things that you need and then finding people that you can go and trade uh, products or services for um, or, or with uh, in order to get kind of the stuff that you need and provide them with what they need. And in an entrepreneur economy, this there, what you'll discover if you haven't done this before is there is like this whole trading economy that exists in the world today. Yeah. Uh, 
with entrepreneurs helping one another, and, and that's really the best place to start. And here's the thing: it's not just about asking about capital. You know, it's about if you need marketing help, going and doing a trade with somebody who, you know, for example, may have a marketing company. If you need somebody to build your website, maybe you can provide them with some kind of coaching or some kind of service while they're building a website for you. But here's the thing: here's what you need to do when you're, you're bootstrapping. You need to understand first, what is it? What are all the things that I need? And you got to make a list. The second thing is this, is what is my currency? Like, what is it that I have to offer other people that they would find, you know, really valuable to make them to want to do a trade with me? Um, the third thing is, you know, what's the deal? Um, and, and what I suggest is this, I, you know, I suggest when doing deals, instead of doing Big trades, doing lots of small trades with people. Yeah. I think it just tends to work out better. And then finally, number four is you got to live up to your end of the bargain. You see, I believe that um, as, as nice as someone may be, um, when people aren't getting paid, they stop paying attention. Right. And by living up to your end of the bargain, what that does is it incentivizes the other person to follow through with their end of the bargain. Absolutely. Um, and I, I love the fact that you talk about trading services and resources because uh, th- there is a whole bartering community out there. I mean, we all have something valuable to offer. I think sometimes uh, we, when we watch programs like Shark Tank, for example, where they're going to ask capital venture venture uh, capitalists for a lot of money, they want equity in the company. So let me ask, I mean, if you absolutely must have money and you don't have enough resources to trade with somebody, how do you know if it's better to get a loan or whether it's better to give up equity in your company? Well, I, I always, you know, personally, um, there's a lot of different opinions on this. I, I think that there's there's great value in getting a loan if you can and if you can qualify um, to get a loan. Um, one of the advantages is obviously that you don't have to you know give away your company, but you will likely have to give a personal guarantee, right? Um, I believe that that actually raising a little bit of money early in a company's um, life cycle is an important step. And the reason is I believe that you know the first people that you typically raise money from are your friends and your family. They're people that that love you. They're 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 less they're less interested in the idea or the business. They're more interested in just helping you out. Yeah. And there's something about having that money in. That, that that makes a person feel even more committed to making whatever that dream is come to life because they don't want to disappoint those people. They really want to make sure to follow through on whatever it is that they're building. And so, um, you know, I I know that's that's a different opinion that, that you'll hear from most people. But I think I think it's pretty important. Now, you, you talked about Shark Tank. I got to tell you, I know lots of the sharks, and I know sharks that have lost a lot of money on that show. And it, it, and I can tell you one of the reasons why is because they're not investing in things that they know. So, you know, now let's say you've taken something, you've bootstrapped it as far as you can, and you've got to go raise outside capital. Where's the first place you you should start? It's here. You have got to develop the perfect avatar, like the perfect representation of what your ideal target investor looks looks like. And here's what I mean: investors are in the business of making money, and so they're in the business of making money, and they want to avoid or reduce as much risk as possible. 
So what they do is, number one, they invest in stuff that they know, typically in industries or areas where they've made money, where they really understand it so that they can understand the deal and how to evaluate it. They, they can understand whether or not you're executing and it's working or not, and they know that if things go sideways early in a company's development, that they might be able to step in and help to help save their capital. And so the first thing I want to, you know, it's like this. If you go to a real estate investor and pitch a tech deal, there's a total disconnect. Right. If you go to a real estate guy with a real estate deal, now you're off to a good start. So number one is you got to know kind of where your investor, the ideal investor, has had success in order to align with your deal. The second thing you need to understand is what stage do they like to invest in? Do they like to invest in the idea stage, in the you know the stage where a company maybe has been built, maybe doesn't have revenue, but it's ready to go to market? Do they like to invest in a company that is profitable or maybe one that's doing millions of dollars in revenue? You've got to understand exactly what stage that person invests in, right? Because you could have the best idea on the planet, and if you go to the wrong person who invests at the wrong time for your business, it doesn't mean you – when they say no, it doesn't mean you don't have a great idea idea. It just means you're catching them at the wrong time. The next thing you have to understand is how much money do these people typically invest when they do an investment? Yeah. You know, Are they the kind of people that write a million-dollar check? Or are they the kind of person that writes a $25,000 check or a $5,000 check? If I go to the million-dollar guy and ask for $25,000, he's going to kick me out the door. Right. right? There's a disconnect. And vice versa. So, so what is this typical investment? Next, you need to understand uh, what the expectation is for return on the investment that I'm making. Do they want to see their money back times one, two, three, ten times? You got to make sure you're on the same page. And finally, what is their expectation for when they're going to get their capital back? Yeah. Do they need to see their money come back in a year, two years, five, ten? Again, whatever it is, you have to develop the perfect profile of what your target investor looks like. And then don't talk to anybody else. Like, don't waste your time, right? Because that perfect target representation is the person that's going to put money into your business. Most people I know, when they start raising money, they go to all the wrong people. They waste so much time and so much people's energy, right? Focus on the target avatar first. Absolutely. That's a fantastic uh, set of advice. I thank you so much for that, Scott. So one other thing you talk about is the fact that it's important to have an exit strategy. And people don't think about an exit strategy until they think maybe they're ready to get out. But you talk about knowing your end game before you start. It's really important. I mean, number one, if, if you're going to raise money, um, your investors are going to want to know exactly – how you plan to get their money back to them, yes. right? And, and, and what that exit looks like. So if you're talking to outside investors, you have to know how you're going to exit. But but you know even beyond that, there, I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs I talk to that say I don't need an exit strategy because the business that I'm working on is a business that I plan to stay in forever. Now look, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, and, and I know a lot of people that have bought and sold companies. And here's the thing. People sell businesses for all kinds of reasons. They sell them because they want to make a lot of money, they, and they can. They, they sell them because they need to get out of the business, because maybe it's not doing so well, and they got to get out. They sell them because um, somebody in their family has to move. 
right? And so yeah. they can no longer stay local and do that business. They sell a business because of health issues. People sell businesses for all kinds of reasons. So what you need to understand from the beginning is what are your possible ways of exiting? And what that does is it really helps to shape the way you think about your business strategically at the outset. You know, for example, if, if you plan on selling your company to this certain kind of maybe bigger company in your, in your space, what you're going to want to know is what kind of things are most important to that big company when they evaluate a business like yours? Yes. Like what metrics do they follow? Do they want to see, you know, is, is what's most important to them your, your profit margins or your EBITDA? Is it the number of users? Is it how fast you're growing? Like what is it that gets them excited? And then what you should do from the very beginning is build a set of metrics, reports, things like that, that help you to understand how you're tracking towards what potential acquirers would want. That's awesome. I love that. We've got about two, two and a half minutes left until the end. So here's the question I ask everybody. We've got two minutes left. Who inspires and motivates you? Oh my gosh, my family. I, I'm, I'm all about family. I'm told, you know, when I started to write the book, the book launch um, took a lot longer than I thought it was going to. It was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and there were a couple times that I thought I was just going to I was going to quit um, along the way. And I remember kind of on the hardest day, um, I, I left the office early. I went home. Uh, and I, actually, I took my kids to Disneyland, of all things. Yeah. My wife, my kids, Disneyland. Just totally got away. Came back next day, and I reexamined one of the chapters. And I started to look at it instead of from my perspective, but from my kids' perspective. And I was like – because most of what the way I teach is it was stories. And I'm like, you know, I would really like my daughters to know about this one thing and be able to pull this lesson out and kind of get a sense of who their dad was then. You know what I mean? Yes. And for me, that became what drove me to really rewrite. And I started from scratch and I rewrote and I finished the book. Nice. And so at this time in my life – the people that inspire me the most are, are, are my family. That's great. I love that. Scott, thank you so much for being on the show. We are coming to the end. The book is called Launch, The Critical 90 Days from Idea to Market. You can find it at scottduffy.com. And uh, we're, I'm so thankful that you were here. Thank you so much. You got it. Take care. You bet. Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. This is Success Profiles Radio. We're here every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I will interview the most amazing and successful people in the world and learn how they succeeded and achieved. You can find the show at successprofilesradio.com. You can also download and subscribe to uh, Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free. Please join us next week. Thank you so much, and take care of each other, and have a great week. Goodbye, everyone. For being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, each week we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.